Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of BBP News, another episode of Eye on the Ball. We're back for another week of sports here, and we've got plenty to talk about today as we have the trade deadline coming up here in the MLB that is actually coming up today at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the U.S. women's team in the World Cup once again. We'll talk about that here at the end, but before we get into any of that, before we get into the trades before we get into the world cup we do have some predictions to talk about from last week in the mlb here so let's jump into it here we start off with the yankees versus the mets and i said that the yankees would sweep the series two games to zero and i paid for that prediction right off the bat as they got smacked around by the mets in game one of that two game set but steadied the ship the next day, came back with a victory to make this one finish out 1-1. One to one. The Rangers versus the Astros here, and I predicted that the Rangers would win this one two games to one. They have been the more convincing team this season, uh, but you can never count the Astros out, despite the fact that they've been a little more streaky than they tend to be over the past, you know, five years or so. They are still an incredibly good team. They are still a very, very good team and one that is dangerous to face. I mean, they beat the Rays this past weekend 17-5. to So, I mean, they are still as dangerous as they come. And they ended up winning the series against the Rangers. Two games to one, although the Rangers did have a very strong game three, winning 13-5. to But this did kind of you know, make them go out and grab some more pitching, which we will talk about here in a little while. Moving on to the Brewers versus the Reds. I thought the Reds would take this series again, two games to one, but that wasn't to be. In fact, they almost got swept in this one. We're lucky to come away with a victory in this series. They lost it two games to one. Instead, the Brewers took this one and the fight continues there in the NL Central. We move on to the second half of the week and the Yankees versus the Orioles here. I said that the Orioles would win this series two games to one and that is exactly what happened. It ended up being a very shaky series for the Yankees who are still trying to put it together, are still trying to find their stride. You could see a little bit of improvement on what they were doing before. Sean Casey has come in as the new hitting coach and has started to steady the ship a little bit. The Yankees are taking more pitches. You can see them playing a little more small ball, see them trying to just make contact a little bit more rather than swinging for the fences, but it hasn't all come together just yet. The pitching is still incredibly shaky at times, especially with Luis Severino. He got absolutely smacked around in his start on Sunday. And so this series did not go to the Yankees plan. The Orioles continuing to be red hot, continuing to stay in first place in the AL East. And they won this series two games to one. My first correct prediction. We move on to the guardians versus the white Sox. I thought that the guardians had this one pretty much in the bag. I said they'd win it three games to one. However, the white Sox surprised me a little bit winning two games out of this one and so it finished two to two really it is hard to predict anything in the al central right now it is just it, it, it it's a crapshoot 
is the best way I can describe it. I never know what's going to happen in the central. And I've ranted about this at length. I ranted about it when making this prediction last week. It's just such a tough division to predict right now. I never know what's going to happen. The White Sox have been basically going through a fire sale here at the trade deadline. So I especially wasn't expecting much from them this weekend, but they did manage to at least even the series. And finally, uh, a prediction that hurts because I should have known better than to do this. I said that the Angels would sweep the Blue Jays, as I do believe in this Angels team. I do believe in what they can do, and believe me, they've been making some good trades here towards the deadline, which we'll talk about later in today's clubhouse room, but I said that they would sweep the series. I don't know what I was thinking. I've talked about this so many times at this point. Whenever I predict the Blue Jays to do well, they do poorly, and whenever I predict the Blue Jays to do poorly, they play so well. They play so well. It is just such a weird pattern that seems to go on between me and these Blue Jays, and I don't like it. And I decided to test it for some reason. I don't know why I didn't test it in the form of predicting the Blue Jays to win and have them do poorly in the end, but it was not to be. The Blue Jays won this series two games to one, and I had an absolutely horrid week of predictions here, only getting one out of six And really, I didn't even get any of the series results correct. And that's what hurts. At least if I get a series result correct, I can give myself a little credit. I can give myself a little credit as long as I get the winning team. But I didn't do that at all, except for my one prediction where I bet against my own team. That hurts. That hurts. But uh, we're going to try again. We're going to try again with this week's predictions. Let's see if I can recover at least a little bit. Two out of six. Maybe if I'm as lucky as they come, three out of six. Well, let's see what I've got. And we've got a lot of interesting series to look at this time around. Starting off with the Rays versus the Yankees. And again, as much as I would love to vote for the Yankees on this one. As much as I would love to say that they are going to win this series, they're going to take two out of three games. If last night's game showed me anything, it's that they probably don't have much of a chance. I still think they have what it takes to win at least one game out of this three-game set, and that's what I'm going for. The Rays are going to win it two games to one. They already pulled off the first victory, And I am expecting them to grab a second in this one. And I I think this is a pretty safe prediction. These Yankees are just not strong right now. They're not putting it together. You know, it's very questionable whether they'll even make the playoffs this season, which is a scary thing to say, but it's where they stand right now. And until they start to put everything together until they start to hit consistently until they can actually put together a rotation. That's not going to get, you know, smacked around for five runs every game. I can't vote for them. So the Rays win this one, two games to one. We move on to the Phillies versus the Marlins. And this might be a foolish prediction because the Phillies have actually been playing rather well lately, but I'm going to continue to believe in this Marlins team. I'm going to continue to believe in them. The Phillies did win game number one, but I'm predicting the Marlins to sweep the rest of this four-game set. I think they win it three games to one, 
And I truly see this Marlins team finding themselves in the playoff picture. I could absolutely see them grabbing a wild card spot and heading to the playoffs, which would be absolutely incredible because I can tell you right now, no one would have imagined at the start of this season that the Marlins would have been in the playoff picture. Everyone saw that they had improved a little bit, that they had made a couple of good moves to just strengthen a touch, but no one thought it was enough. And to see them in the playoffs would just be spectacular after that. So three to one, bold prediction, probably my boldest of the week, but I'm sticking with it. And we move on to the Reds versus the Cubs. This is a very tight matchup. Two teams that are trying to find themselves in the playoff picture. The Reds still trying to catch up to the Brewers and actually take first place in the NL Central. But these are two teams that would even settle for a wild card spot. The Cubs went on a winning tear there for a minute. I know they were winning seven in a row. I haven't checked their latest standings, so I don't know exactly where that streak stands or how they've been playing necessarily. But I think this is going to be a tight matchup. The Reds won the first game, 6-5, to five, so they got the series off to a good start. It, but it's just too close. It, it's just so, so close. So I'm shooting for a 2-2 two to two series tie in this one. I think we are going to see a very evenly matched series here. But we move into the second half of the week, and we have the Blue Jays versus the Red Sox. And in all seriousness, not even just to test the theory, but in all seriousness, I think the Blue Jays win this series three games to zero. I think they sweep it. The Red Sox have been playing better. It's not like they've been a horrible team. You know, they're ahead of the Yankees right now, that's for sure. But when it comes to the quality difference between these two teams, I do think the Blue Jays are a much better team. They're a much more complete squad. They just went out and got Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals. And I think they just have a better setup right now. The Red Sox are just inconsistent. They're like the Yankees in that sense. They're inconsistent. And I don't think they have what it takes to face down these Blue Jays. So I think Toronto will sweep this one. Three games to zero. And another four game set here. The last of the week. We have the Mariners going up against the Angels, and this is a an important series, really. These two teams are looking to find a place in the playoffs. Both are very questionable about whether they'll make the playoffs. And really, I think this falls in the favor of the Angels. They've been playing better. They've been looking a lot stronger than the Mariners have been as of late. The Mariners have just had a very underwhelming season. We all thought at the start of the season that they were going to kind of replicate what they did this past season and have a very strong season and and even contend for second place, maybe even first. A lot of people were predicting the Mariners to finish ahead of the Rangers this season, but that has just not happened. That just has not happened at all. They have struggled at the plate. Their pitching hasn't been awful. Their pitching has actually been pretty solid, but they haven't hit. 
And so it has left them in a position where they're right around 500 at the moment, actually, and just struggling to make any ground there in the AL West. The Angels have been better than that. They've gone on some winning streaks lately. They've gone on some good runs, 7 out of 10 games won, 8 out of 10. And so it's been a strong start to the second half for them. And I think they'll continue it here with a 3-1 to one series victory over the Mariners to take a more commanding lead over them and to push them ever closer to the playoff picture. The Angels have made some great moves here at the trade deadline. We'll talk about that more in the clubhouse room later today so don't miss out on that link in the show notes if you can make it even if you can't come for the live stream be sure to listen to it on replay you can find that in the house again following the link in the show notes but we have one more series to look at it's the dodgers versus the padres and this is really i feel like the padres last chance to show that they have any fight any ability to get somewhere close to the playoff picture to get anywhere close to a wild card spot. And I don't think they'll do it. I, I don't believe in this Padres team right now on paper. They should easily be in first place on paper. This Padres team should be commanding the NL West, but they have just struggled. They're like the Mets in that sense. The Mets had a very strong team a a team filled with you know superstar names names that are known all across the league names that should have carried this team so much further than they have on paper this Padres team is spectacular but in reality they've been disappointing to a whole new extent to a whole new level And so the Dodgers, they've been kind of resurging. They sat in third there for a while, you know, throughout most of the first half of the season, but they have massively improved since then and have retaken first place by a few games. And so I I think they'll be just fine. I think they'll win this series two games to one and just continue to cement their spot in first place and kind of, you know, put the put the Padres to the sword and kind of add that last straw to break the camel's back. If you want to put it that way, but those are my predictions. Those are my predictions for this week. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But now I want to talk about the Mets trading all of their big names, all of their big names. And it starts out with, Max Scherzer to the Rangers. This actually was the second major trade that they made, but it's the one I want to really focus on when it comes to this Mets situation and also the Rangers situation moving forward. Okay, so Max Scherzer had signed a three-year contract with the Mets back before the 2022 season. So he's been pitching with them for about a year and a half, season and a half here. And is now on his way to the Rangers. He's done in New York after a tenure that has been rather shaky. It hasn't always been the best. Yes, he has had some great starts. There have been times during this year and a half where he's pitched great. But there have also been times when he has pitched rather horribly. To put it frankly and to put it you know simply, he hasn't 
always been that reliable for this Mets team. And part of it just comes with the fact that he's getting older now. You know, he's not as sharp as he once was. He's not as dominant as he once was. But the Rangers are looking for a reliable arm, especially with Nathan Avaldi going on the injured list. They need a reliable arm. They need depth to get them to the playoffs and to get them into a deep playoff push. And that is what they're looking to get out of Max Scherzer. I don't think they expect him to be their ace per se, but he'll be a good, strong arm for that rotation, and it'll be more roster depth, which they need. And the Mets are paying all but $22.5 million of Scherzer's remaining contract. So there is cash going in that deal to the Rangers as well. And in return, in return, they are getting Luis Angel Acuna, who, yes, is the brother of Ronald Acuna Jr. He is the Rangers' number three ranked prospect in the organization. He is the 44th ranked prospect across all of MLB. And he looks to be a very strong athlete whether you put him at shortstop, whether you put him at second base, or even in center field. He could do it all. He can play up the middle pretty much wherever you put him in field, outfield. And so this is going to be a very good pickup for the Mets long term. He looks to be a very good bat in a future Mets lineup. He's fast. He has some pop. He can hit for contact. He's going to be a good athlete. And he's going to be a good player for this Mets team long term. I I don't think there's much chance that he flops. Now, can you compare him to Ronald? I don't think so. I don't think that's fair at this point. Ronald Acuna Jr. is probably in the top three. Maybe, you know, depending on who you are, top five across all of MLB. But Luis Angel Acuna looks to be a good pickup for this Mets team for the future. The thing about the Mets, though, is that they are selling everyone. They're trading everyone right now. David Robertson to the Marlins was their first move. A division rival who is looking to make the playoffs who is looking to finish above the Mets. They sent David Robertson to them. They have sent Mark Canna to the Brewers and are even talking about trading Justin Verlander. And yet the general manager, Billy Epler, has had the gall to come out and say that this is not a fire sale, that they're not selling everyone. What do you mean, Epler? You have literally traded... You're one reliable bullpen piece. You've traded a starter that you signed to a massive contract before 2022. And now you've traded away one of your reliable outfielders. And by the way, Tommy Pham is on the trade block as well. So this idea that this is not a fire sale, that they are not just selling everyone is ridiculous to me. And one of the most foolish statements from Billy Epler at this point in time. 
because that is exactly what this Mets team is doing right now. But anyway, we'll talk a lot more about the trade situation and the deals coming through here towards the end of the deadline period uh, in the clubhouse room later today. So don't miss out on that. Join us there. But I want to talk about the U.S. women's team here before we head out as they are through to the last 16 of the World Cup. They did make it through. They played their game against Portugal this morning, but it was a worrying result. 0-0 was the final score against a team that ranks 21st in the world. They weren't able to score against a team ranked 21st. And that's concerning. That is honestly concerning at this point. They have only scored four goals so far in this tournament. And three of those were against Vietnam. Ranked 32nd in the world. So I would hope that they would score some goals against them. You know, Netherlands just scored seven Seven goals. And Netherlands are ranked below the U.S. in FIFA's rankings. The Netherlands ranked ninth. Now, the U.S. did manage a goal against the Netherlands, but it ended up in a tie. That game finished 1-1. One one, so, the U.S. only got five points out of the, out of this group when they really should have gotten, you know, eight. The tie with the Netherlands, fair enough. So I guess seven, seven points would have been fair. Eight, I don't even think that would have been possible. So that's my bad. But seven points would have been a fair ask of the United States in this group. But they only managed five. They couldn't get more than one victory out of this group. And that's concerning. That's concerning for their chances moving forward against teams like Spain and England who have been scoring, you know, five goals, six goals. And then again, Netherlands, who scored seven and topped the group. All against one team for each of these, the five, six, seven goals, all against one team for these different clubs. And so the U.S.'s chances of going all the way in this one look grim. Unless they can find a way to put it together again. Now, mind you, of course, their defense has been fine. They've only given up the one goal against the Netherlands. But if you don't score goals, that defense is only going to help you so much. Especially from here on out. They need to start finding the back of the net if they have any shot of winning this tournament and making history. And I don't like their chances. The knockout stages will begin on Saturday of this week. And so I'm going to be following those very closely. I'm not going to predict anything right now. I'm just not. I haven't had a chance to really look at all the teams that have gone through and how the matchups line up. But it is going to be a very interesting one to watch. I'll probably start predictions here when we get to the final eight. And so you can expect those starting next week. But for now, we're just going to wait it out. We're going to wait out this last 16 and see what happens, hoping that the United States goes through, but we'll have to see. But that is the end of this episode of Eye on the Ball. And we will see you very soon. We'll see you later today if you join us on Clubhouse. 
for the episode there and for the room there. We will have more trade talk. We'll have a lot more fun with that. And we'll talk about the World Cup a little bit more as well. And be sure to join us tomorrow morning for an episode of Idiots in the News. Friday for another news show. You guys know the deal. But until tomorrow, you guys, or later today, have a great rest of your Tuesday. Bye. Bye.